You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast, the, uh, what is the second episode in the history of me, Jake Lisko, hosting the Locked On Bengals podcast in which the Cincinnati Bengals have a, uh, what do you call it, a winning record? I'm joined from Heinz Field by my guy on the scene, James Rapine, and the Bengals, I mean, looked like the far, far superior team in this game. Yes, the Steelers were injured, whatever. The Bengals had some injuries throughout the game as well. And uh, look, Ben Roethlisberger looked just as washed as I thought he would. We we talked about this game all week, James, and they got the turnovers we said they needed. I called out Logan Wilson by name when we talked about the keys to the game last week. And boy, did he come up clutch. Two picks, game ball recipient, Logan Wilson as the Bengals Really handle business in Heinz Field. 24 to 10. An easy, easy victory on the road for the Bengals in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I wasn't expecting easy because it's never easy in this series for the Bengals. And it's the first time they've had back-to-back wins over the Steelers since the end of the 2012 start of the 2013 season. Uh, so that's a long, long time, right? That's not even 2015 when it was the last time they won here at Heinz Field. But you're right. I mean, really from start to finish, there was never a doubt on where, you know, who the better team was. The Bengals defense dominated early, uh, forcing three punts and uh, the first Logan Wilson interception on the Steelers' first four drives, not in that order. Uh, and, and then the, the offense outside of Burrow's interception, which uh, upon further review, if he had just led Boyd downfield or, or instead of leading Boyd downfield and, and thrown it uh, more to that um to the left side of the field, it was yeah. To the left side, then you know, then they're they're pretty flawless from a, an offensive standpoint. He was extremely efficient. They pushed the ball down the field. They had their deep shots, but they averaged five yards a carry. At least they, Joe Mixon, averaged five a carry, and Burrow moved well in the pocket. So this was a, a complete team win. There was no one guy that carried them to it, and. You're right. I mean, they were the better team when they were on the same field on the road at Heinz Field in front of 58,000 Steeler fans. I would say at least 55 were Steeler fans. It's probably a little wrong because I did see some Bengal fans talk to some that were listeners of the Locked on Bengals podcast, by the way. But, yeah, I'm excited for those people because they get to drive home mostly all the way back to Cincinnati like I'm going to do in a few hours, and they get to uh, celebrate a victory. Yeah, the only doubt – you mentioned it was no real doubt the whole way. The only doubt was really the first drive was a little rocky. And then the interception, Joe Burrow missed Tyler Boyd on a corner to start the game where he was open. He was in a hole of his oh, own, yeah. I believe behind some coverage back there. He misses Boyd in the seam on the second drive. And, and like you said, James, it was just a missed throw. It wasn't like it was a terrible decision. If he leads him a little bit more, he's running right to left on a little seam, a little skinny post. And, misses a throw a little bit, ends up tipped and intercepted. But outside of that, Joe Burrow played really well. And and that's the most important takeaway probably from this game, unless it's how well the defense played, right? Because the defense was generally really good in this game is Joe Burrow looking more like himself and looking more by mm-hmm. himself, by the way, in a game where, and, and if he would have predicted this, I'm sure there's a crazy, crazy Vegas bet you could have made with crazy odds for this. The Bengals... And Joe Burrow 
who had been sacked nine times through two games, broke the Pittsburgh Steelers' streak of 75 consecutive games with the sack. And yes, they were missing TJ Watt. Yes, they're missing Alex Highsmith. Yes, they're missing Stefan Tua, but whatever. That's 75 games in a row. The bank, the Steelers had a mm-hmm. sack. And if you were going to pick a team to break that streak, I mean, how sweet is it? Some, some sort of cosmic irony and justice here that the Bengals break that streak. And it wasn't the only streak to fall today, James. Chris Boswell never missed a field goal against the Bengals. 35 of 35 coming into this <laughs> game misses a field goal in this game. I mean, things were just going right all game for the Bengals. I think several angels got their wings as some uh, balance was returned to the universe. Yeah, it's something like that. I mean, if you would have told me that Burrow doesn't get sacked in this game, I I probably would have laughed at you. Because, I, you know, whether it's up the middle type pressure, you got Jackson Carmen making his first start. And I think overall, and we'll do our rewatch and our film breakdown later this week and all that, I think he played okay, certainly. And and okay, I would take okay before the game. And, And so, yeah, this unit played well. You're right. I think Burrow's mobility was a big part of that. And that wasn't the only record to fall. Jamar Chase setting a Bengals record with his third straight game with a touchdown in obviously had two touchdowns. The first one, man, it was, it was such a a Minnesota like type drive uh, at the end of the first half where they're like, you're thinking three it's seven, seven, and they just push the ball down the field. And the, the better part in the best part about this one versus the Minnesota one uh, is it was the exact opposite from a, a crowd reaction, as you would expect. Suddenly, everything was silent. Yeah. And and Jamar just – it was just like, what the hell just happened? The Steelers just tied it, and the Bengals like, no, no, no. We're pushing the ball down the field. And, uh, yeah, so so uh, Jamar is the first Bengals player – Bengals rookie, rather uh, – to have a touchdown in, in three straight games to start his career. He was tied with A.J. Green with two. Now he has three and four – I repeat, four touchdowns in three games. My man, offensive rookie of the year, anyone? What are those uh, bet online odds? I like that. I like that, man. He's playing well. It's got to be coming, right? Also, and I don't know if you saw this, James, from NFL Research, with two receiving touchdowns today, Jamar Chase became the youngest player and first 21-year-old in NFL history to have four or more receiving touchdowns in his team's first three games of the season. The previous youngest player with three touchdowns in his first three games was Randy Moss. So four touchdowns in three games beats out Randy Moss, who, as we all know, one of the, if not the greatest receiver of all time. So a pretty nice start for Jamar Chase's career, who apparently just told Joe Burrow, Hey, just throw it up on that touchdown to finish the second, to finish the first half. And that's a fun little story. You can tell Joe Burrow, man, he loves playing with Jamar. He does. Absolutely. He does. He was like, and you know, I threw it up and it, it was a touchdown <laughs> and that's what he does. That's why we drafted him that, you know, and that's, that's the thing, man, is, uh, you, you know, there's going to be concerns about this offensive line, but teams are going to have to focus. I mean, think about this, the Bengals, you said that the Steelers didn't have TJ Watt, the Bengals didn't have T Higgins in this offense going up against a, a still really good defense on the road in front of 58,000 screaming, cheering, you know, black and gold wearing Steeler fans. Uh, they kept their composure. And it, there was never a time where they really got rattled, even after the interception, you know, e- even after, uh, you know, any of that, the slow start, the sluggish start, 
Uh, or let's go to the second half here. And I know we'll get to offense and defense and stuff like that. But when the Steelers go on that 18 play drive, and then I think they gave up a field goal. Mm-hmm. They didn't give up a touchdown. Like, are you kidding me? Like, it would have been real easy to say, hey, man, we're up 24 7. Let's let's get the hell off the field here. And they did not do it. And that uh, was just another one of example of, of just one of the, the many impressive things I saw today at Heinz Field. The defense played a hell of a game altogether. I mean, Logan Wilson played great. Sam Hubbard played great. Trey Hendrickson, penalty aside, I think he played pretty well. The interior of the defensive line continues to be excellent. Logan Wilson, man, what what a game. Let's talk about the drive-by-drive results. Let's look at that because the Steelers were incredibly, incredibly inefficient in this game. And so let's go drive-by-drive a little bit and talk about how this defense played in just a minute here coming up next. Hey, Bengals fans. Look, you're celebrating the win. I get it. I understand it. Well, you can win twice with GetUpside. It's the new app that's going to save you money anytime you fill up at the pump, which I'm going to be doing here in just a few minutes with GetUpside when I hightail it back to the Queen City and uh, get some Getta. But, uh, you, you know, GetUpside, it's such a, a simple app. You download it in the App Store or Google Play, and you're going to get $0.25 cents per gallon and up to $0.50 cents cash back Per gallon. Think about that. That's a ton of money you can save. There are people saving $200, $300 a month with GetUpside. It's a free app. So download it now, Google Play or the App Store, and make sure you use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back. Again, use promo code TOUCHDOWN with the GetUpside app. This episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast is also brought to you by betonline.ag. Back and better than ever with a redesigned website and interface with even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline is the number one source for everything football. They've got you covered for the NFL and for college football, whether it's your UC Bearcats or Jamar Chase for Rookie of the Year or the Cincinnati Bengals simply to upset the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road or hold it down on Thursday night. In just four days, BetOnline has you covered for all of those wagers. Right now, you can double your initial deposit when you go to the website. Use promo code NFL100 when you sign up for a 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. From football to basketball to boxing, BetOnline has everything you need. Go check it out again at BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. All right, James, let's go uh, drive by drive, shall we? And just talk about the way this defense played. First drive for the Steelers, and we'll, we'll focus on the defense here. First drive for the Steelers goes three plays for four yards. Punt. Second drive for the Pittsburgh Steelers, three plays, goes backwards, negative 13 yards. Punt. The third drive for the Pittsburgh Steelers goes three plays, negative three yards with an interception to figure it off, to finish it off. Still in the first half, eight plays, 29 yards, punt. And then the Pittsburgh Steelers finally get something going here. They take eight and a half minutes off the clock on a 15-play drive. Goes 86 yards. They scored the touchdown, but they took eight and a half minutes to do it. And what I'm thinking at this point in the game is the Steelers aren't going to score more than 14 points in the game. This Their entire offense is throw the ball to Najee Harris in the flat and hopefully, if you do that three times in a row, you break enough tackles to get first downs. Get first and down. 
Th- then the last drive of, of the half, of course, goes three plays, punt, and the Bengals might have had a chance for an Evan McPherson field goal there at the end of the the end of the half if we weren't called back for a penalty on an Auden Tate 21-yard catch that got them out near midfield. But instead, we go to halftime 14-7 after the Bengals score that Jamar Chase bomb. And this is the story of the game for for the Bengals' defense is Ben can't get it downfield. You're getting pressure. They can't run the ball. And when they had a couple of running plays, it looks like they went for yards. Well, there were holding penalties that brought him back, right? And so the first half for this Bengals defense is just, all right, like maybe you'll eventually string some plays together. But I mean, we watched the Bengals offense try to do this last year. It is simply not sustainable to throw the ball two yards past the line of scrimmage every play and hope you're going to score points. That's what it, it reminded me of, and, and Ben, I think, threw it 56, 57 times on the day. It reminded me of the Cleveland game week two last year where Burrow threw it 61 times, and he had barely cracked the 300-yard the mark. He had like 316 yards. <laughs> and it's like, damn, man, you threw it 61 times for 300-plus yards. You know, and it, it's not a knock on Burrow. It was just the offense. And you're right. They could not. There was no downfield threat, and they were missing Deontay Johnson, so that's part of it. Juju Smith-Schuster leaves with a rib injury. But the other part of it was Ben was bad. I mean, he was bad. I, yeah. I was so like, I, you're right. I, and you called him Grandpa Ben and Old Ben and you know whatever Ben. And I, I, I damn well know he is an Uncle Ben because that rice is better than you know. Anyways, I, I'm gonna go on the the Ben tangent. But uh, yeah, I think um, I, I think that this defense they played well. I also think part of it is is Ben Roethlisberger is cooked as you would say and we saw it today because this is a game if he had anything left you bounce back right after losing to a Raiders team that a lot of people expected you uh to to beat and he didn't do it and there was never really any signs of him doing it Miss Chase Claypool open in the end zone at one point before that Boswell missed field goal and that's when I was kind of like oh okay this this Ben there's no even flashes of old Ben this is just old grandpa Ben Jake's Ben there, there were two like he shook Logan Wilson on a scramble. He ends up picking up a first down and it's like, oh, whatever. Fine. I think that's on Logan. Logan yeah. should have just ran through Grandpa Ben. A- a- absolutely. Like, don't let 57 year old Ben Roethlisberger juke. But whatever. We can forgive it. Logan Wilson had a very good game. Yeah. And he the, other, yeah. the other one was uh, he evades the sack rolling to his left, ends up uh, throwing incomplete back over the middle of the field to Najee Harris on that play. And that's like a really extended play, by the way, that Akeem Davis Gaither held up in coverage that whole time. Yeah. So props to Davis Gaither for uh, well for being too. there on that play. But yeah, to, to your point, Ben average depth of target five and a half yards, eighth percentile average depth of target in this game. His CPOE is, is completion percentage over expected 27th percentile negative 5.4 his uh, EPA per play, negative, 28th percentile, was was awful. And you could see it on like the deep ball to, to Claypool. Was it Claypool? No, the deep ball to Washington. When Washington absolutely cooked uh, Eli Apple on the left side in press coverage, Ben had that to throw it early. Six. He had to throw it really high. And it had to, and, and he just, he doesn't have it to put it on the guy anymore. So he had to loft it, right? And so... That was another play where I'm like, man, yeah, that arm strength is killing Ben. Let's talk second half drives, James. Uh, first drive of the second half for the Steelers is another Logan Wilson interception that puts the Bengals up 24-7. And the game at this point, 
honestly all but over. But judging from Bengals fans on Twitter, it's like, oh, my God, this game is going to overtime. There's no way. And and to those people's point, the Bengals offense was pretty bad from here on out in the game as well. But the next drive for the Steelers is a fairly successful drive. Ends with a missed field goal. Like I talked about, an angel got its wings. The Bengals then go three and out. And then the Steelers. And this is where the game ended. Steelers go 18 plays, 88 yards. <laughs> Takes them nine minutes. And they kicked a field goal because they got down to like the, the three yard line or something, I think, and then had a holding penalty. Or yeah. no, sorry, they had an offensive pass interference. They they get first and goal from the three, offensive pass interference, sack, false start. They're back to the Cincinnati 21. They, they get it to a fourth and eight, fourth and goal from the eight, and they kick a field goal. And that's just the end of the game. You, you can't take nine minutes to kick a field goal mm-hmm. when you're down, what, 17 points? Three scores, yeah, three and, scores. And, and, and even still, there's concern from Bengals fans, and I get it. There's a lot of PTSD here. There's, there's still fear that, like, oh, this game's going to overtime. But then, you know, 12 plays, 73 yards, turnover on downs, four plays, eight yards, turnover on downs. I mean, they had a, they had a fourth down conversion play where they check it down to Najee Harris in the flat. Yeah. What are they doing? Yeah, when they needed to score. Yeah, like it was, yeah, they, they check it down. I don't know. I don't know what the hell that, that was by Ben. I would never, that's like throwing it, throwing the ball away on fourth down. It's almost that bad. Yeah. It's not, but it is almost. Uh, because, you know, maybe Najee Harris makes one defender miss. Well, he had to make eight miss because mm-hmm. the Bengals were all over him. And yeah, Harris finished with, how many catches did he have? He had so many damn catches today. Like it 11, was, was I think, on 17 targets he maybe? Four, he had 14 receptions for 102 yards on 19 targets. I hope you started Najee Harris in fantasy, <laughs> and especially in PPR leagues. Good God. And if you're the Bengals, you'll take that because outside of a couple, it, it was inefficient. It was, you know, two yards here, three yards there. And they they held him to, to 2.9 yards a carry on the ground. So you're right. That's where the game was decided, though. The fact that they used all that clock, all those plays, and they get three. Just – demoralizing and there was never a doubt like i i get the ptsd and you know there's been many a times including the monday night game last year i'm like ah the bengals are still going to lose this game and i thought that there was at times during that game i thought that today i did not feel that there was never really a time once jamar chase had that touchdown and it was 24 7 i was like i kind of think this is it like and I, and I started to write some post-game stuff, and, and and I always do that anyway, but you can write it with more absolutes. I can think about the title because I know that the Bengals are going to win, right? And I wasn't that uh, in fear of it. So it's a, it's a credit to, to Zach Taylor and the Bengals. And by the way, I, I mentioned this stat a ton, so I got to give Zach some pub here. 115-1, and one, Jake, on the road going into today's game. Okay, well, now he's 215-1. and one. That's not great, but you know what it is? Winning his first AFC North road game, huge, huge win um, in, in Zach Taylor. I mean, he deserves credit because I think that the team was focused and I think they played well today from start to finish. There, there are some concerns I have down the stretch with this offense. We'll talk about the offense and, and kind of what happened at the end of this game that I would like to see improve, but a lot of good. Obviously, a lot of good to take away. I'm not here to rain on any parades, but... There is one point that we should make about the way they finished this game. Uh, real quick note, and we'll get into this a little bit more. Joe Burrow said that second Jamar Chase touchdown was his fifth read. He had all day to throw on that pass, and that was the case a few times. So credit to the offensive line. We'll get into it a little bit more here coming up next.
Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, maybe a Bengals victory over the Steelers, a device that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you're also following Locked on Bengals on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. And then you got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, if you listen to Locked on Bengals, you know you can get all that stuff in one place with DirecTV Stream. It is a simple process that instead of having to get a device for this or a login for that, you can bring everything together. Live TV, on-demand favorites, your favorite sports, movies, and shows in one spot. So check them out again at directtv.com. It's Direct TV Stream. It's a simple way to TV in 2021. So check them out again at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Man, do I love winning. And you know what else I love was my post-game Built Bar today. Built Bar sent us the cookie dough chunk flavor, which has actual pieces of cookie dough in it. That was my treat to myself after the Bengals won the game. If that doesn't appeal to you, maybe you're not a cookie dough person. They've got nine other permanent flavors on the roster. Coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. There is something for everyone. And... Everybody deserves a built bar when the Bengals beat the Steelers. Not only was it a treat for myself, but it was also a great shot of protein in my diet. It wasn't just a sugary candy bar with cookie dough in it. It was 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories in most of the flavors, and just four grams of sugar in protein bars that are literally covered in real chocolate. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCK15. You'll save 15% on your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. James, those cookie dough Built Bars are good, huh? Oh, they're they're awesome. I had one yesterday. I haven't had one today yet. I was saving it for the drive home because I, I always like to eat during long road trips. So you, why not You got to have a bar? snack. Got to have a snack when right. you're driving home from Pittsburgh, going through that tunnel, opening up a nice Built Bar. Let's talk offense, James. Joe Burrow. Rocky start I thought you were going to say game. open up a I thought you were going to say open up a nice can of whoop ass. So I was <laughs> James we're we're not we're not allowed to say that anymore man. Uh Yeah, you can say ass. <laughs> the uh let's talk Bengals offense. Let's get back on track James. Uh Joe Joe Mixon you mentioned 5 yards per carry. And you know what was actually really impressive to me about the running game today is there were a couple plays and, and they got one called back for a holding penalty. But there are a couple plays there in the third quarter where they go heavy on two straight plays, put Isaiah Prince on the field with an extra extra lineman, two tight ends, and they gained like big yards on two straight plays running behind the play side of that extra lineman and two tight ends. And things are going really well for you when you're able to run the ball and you're projecting, hey, look, I'm going to run the ball. I'm going to run the ball behind that extra tackle I put on the field in those two tight ends. And then you do it twice, and, and you run well twice on those plays. Yes, I know one was called back from for holding, but, I mean, that's one sign that things are going really well for you. And Joe Mixon wasn't necessarily a massive difference maker in this game, but he did rip off some really nice runs. He couldn't, in this Bengals offensive line, couldn't ice the game when the Bengals were going run, run, pass, punt for the last couple of drives of the game, and we'll get to that point in a little bit here, but generally speaking, you go run the ball for five yards to carry in Pittsburgh. You only have 44 total plays on offense. Things are going pretty okay for you. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree. And I, I think 
Look, th- this team, they're going to have to win games like this where, in, in, you know, I talked about the 30 points a game and, you know, they haven't reached that mark yet, but where it's a couple big plays, it's a lot of mixing and, you know, they're picking and choosing their spots. There are times in this league where you have to do that, especially, and this is the part where it's this offense-defense balance almost. The fact that this defense is playing as well as it is, you don't have to necessarily go score 30 every week. And, and I think in the, the second half, and I know you, there's some concerns there, or you're at least a concern that you're going to mention, I think that it was like, all right, Zach looked, he was like, we're controlling the line of scrimmage. We're going to get after Ben. They can't beat us. They're, they're not going to beat our defense regularly. Let's just not take the foot off the gas, but we don't need to be wild here. We don't need another fourth and one on the 30 type fiasco. And he kind of laughed at himself after the game because of that. And it uh, th- that's part of it, right? Learning how to win and, and not just the team, but the head coach. And, and I, I think we might have seen that today. We'll see. It depends. But, but I think he did a good job of, of kind of balancing things and realizing what his defense was doing. I think there's still some some room to grow there. And so let's let's talk about the offense in this game besides Joe Mixon. I said one of the keys of the game is Joe Burrow had to play a really good game. And it was a rocky start, as I started to say, before we uh, got off the rails there a little bit. But he, he, he missed Tyler Boyd on that corner. He, he, he missed him a little bit in the middle of the field. But then he really settled in. And... And then he looked like the burrow that we're used to him being. He was moving in the pocket, keeping his eyes downfield. The 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 spin move to get out of a sack wasn't the only move in his arsenal, right? Like the subtle pocket movements were there. He called his own number out of empty on a QB draw and generally was remarkably efficient in this game. And it's evidenced by his EPA per play in the 84th percentile at 0.35 EPA per play. His uh, average depth of target in this game, which has been something Bengals fans have complained about, was up to nine yards downfield from, you know, a pretty low number, 60th percentile, so slightly above average there, and was better than the math thought he should be. He had an expected completion percentage in this game based on where the targets were of about 66%. He completed 78% of his passes, so really good game. For Joe Burrow, and and that includes the QB draw, which went for a first down out of empty. So credit to Burrow, you know, starting to look more like himself is a massive development for this team and doing it against the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team that he really struggled against last year, getting a second shot against them. That's a big deal. And so that should not be understated just how well Joe Burrow played in this game. For sure. I I agree with you. And the fact that he had the interception early and was able to respond to that. And, you know, he shows as well from a quarterback standpoint, some quarterbacks have to throw it 30 times, right? Or 35 times. If they're like, what the hell is going on? He he was comfortable with what he was doing. And, and I think that that's, you're right. The pocket movement, the the maneuverability, the fact that he was running, he caught his own number a couple of times. And and the one time early in the game, he got hit and he, he was right around midfield. And, uh, you know, it was a couple yards short of the first down. And I'm like, oh, I hate those. Why does he keep getting hit? One time his helmet uh, hit it hit really hard on the grass. And I'm like, oh, like, but that's going to happen when you move like Burrow does. And if it wasn't for his knee, I don't think we, I would go, in, uh, I'd be like, oh, well, he tried to get the first down there. And so um, it, it does seem like he's 
getting more comfortable. And that's going to continue. And, and now the, the and we'll look ahead uh, this week and talk about it, obviously, but the, the quick turnaround for these guys after what was a really physical game, and it was physical as so, hell, um, you know, they're going to have to quickly rebound and mentally rebound because the last thing you want is uh, is to not follow up the this big Steelers win uh, with not, you know, handling business against the Jacksonville team. Either way, um, you know, Burrow played well, and I think he is developing. He's getting more and more comfortable in the pocket. Especially back at home. And also credit the offensive line for playing pretty well in this game. But let, let's talk about the one nitpick, I guess. You know, generally credit the offense. We'll go into more depth on where the offense was successful in this game tomorrow. But just from a reaction perspective, the Bengals' last three drives of the game before the kneel down drives were three plays, six yards, punt and take two minutes off the clock. They go run right tackle one yard, run right end one yard, throw Joe Mixon in the flat four yards. Or maybe it was Joe Mixon. Yeah, I think it was Joe Mixon in the flat. Uh, And then they punt. And then they go back out there. And to their credit, the Bengals were looking to be a little bit more aggressive here. They come out and empty. It's 24 to 10. They come out and empty on first down. And... Burrow tries to throw one into a really tight window to Jamar Chase on like a little slant route kind of deal. Gets popped up in the air, almost picked. Kind of a scary moment. Then the Bengals come back out in empty and Tyler Boyd false starts. And and at this point, it's like, okay, well, they went empty twice. They were going to try to throw it a couple times here. And and then they go back to Joe Mixon. He runs for five yards on third and 10. Back in empty. Again, a quick little slant kind of stop route, I think, for Jamar Chase goes for seven yards they punt so three plays seven yards a minute 44 off the clock and a punt the last drive needing one first down to just finish the game with the ball in your hands don't give Pittsburgh any life not that there's much life at this point it is Joe Mixon two yards Joe Mixon seven yards an unfortunate timeout that I don't blame Taylor for but an unfortunate timeout when the Steelers jump off sides and you can't predict that so you can't really get on Taylor for that in my opinion but unfortunate like oh you just won the game but instead there's a timeout and then Joe Mixon gets stuffed on the very next play loses a yard and they punt just a minute off the clock so generally in this game it works out like you said James the defense playing well Pittsburgh having a hard time getting things going on offense not really anything in the way of explosive plays for most of the game for Pittsburgh on offense because their offense consists of throwing it to Najee Harris one yard behind the line of scrimmage and letting Najee try to do things with the ball in his hands. But to his credit, he knew the game situation. When you're up 24 to 10, and there's like six, seven minutes left in the game, you're pretty well assured of winning. You don't need to do anything crazy to make sure you win the game. And so knowing that, I kind of get it. But on the other hand, and, and I'm sure maybe if the game is, is going a different way and it is more of a shootout, if it's, you know, 30 to 27 or something, they get a little bit more aggressive there. You don't want to see your last three drives of the game combined for nine yards and no or nine plays and no first downs. And, and I know there's a false start there that hurts them. But if there's one thing we want to talk about where there's still room for some improvement, it's finishing games, getting one more first down there, getting one more touchdown somewhere there in the second half. And we talked about it against Minnesota. Minnesota, better offense, got the game into overtime. Pittsburgh, not so much. The Bengals win in regulation. But that's the one area that I'm looking at in this game if I'm Zach Taylor in this offense. And I'm thinking, 
man, we got to figure out one drive in the second half. Yeah, uh, it's totally fair because it one one more score and that's it. Or late in the game, one more first down, you're not yeah. punting it back and putting that defense back out there. And again, with the short week, that's the last thing you want is another 52 play drive by 52 year old Big Ben that results in two and a half points. You know, so it's just it's one of those things. Yeah, they have two and a half pointers in Pittsburgh um, when you have a 27 play drive. That's uh, it's just another thing that they yeah, you're right. They have to improve on. And this could have been a game where I, I think they tried or, or could have tried to take another shot or two if they wanted to. And they were like, look, we have a big lead. Let's just yeah. let's just go with the, fl-, you know, and at the same time, you, you don't want to do that because you're one play away from being one. Like what if Boswell makes that field goal and then and the, the Steelers, when they do have that 18 play drive, they don't settle for a field goal. They go for it. They score a touchdown. Now it's a one score game. And now we're, now we're really talking about it. And so that can snowball, especially against uh, more explosive offenses, like you mentioned. Yeah. And, and of course, if the game situation is different, I'm sure they call plays differently. I'm sure they go about sure. it a little bit differently, but it's, it's just one of those things where, if you're confident in your offense there, you're definitely like if this is Patrick Mahomes and the and the Chiefs, it's probably like 38 to 10, right? Because that's the way the Chiefs do things. It's a little bit different from the way they do things in Cincinnati that they're, they're going to continue to try to get the points and trust their quarterback to do that. And, you know, maybe as the season goes on, we'll we'll start to see a little bit more of that from the Bengals. But again, this sure. is nitpicking. It's, it's hard to complain too much. You understand why Taylor made the decisions that he made. When your defense is playing well, there's very little time left. There are two scoring drives that that resulted in 10 points for the Steelers. Took a combined 17 minutes. And there wasn't as much time left in the game by the time you're making those decisions to be a little bit more conservative for the Steelers to have one more scoring drive by those standards. Because there's only like seven minutes left in the game and it took the Steelers a minimum of seven minutes to score up until that point. Obviously, they got close. They got down to the three-yard line in three minutes. So the potential was there is, is all I'm saying. You take the result, absolutely. You take two and one. First place in the AFC North, by the way, by virtue of holding the tiebreaker of uh, divisional wins ahead of uh, the also two and one Browns, two and one Ravens. But you take it. Opportunity to go oh, no. in three and one is coming soon. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm going to go rewatch the game and revel in the fall of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the success of the Cincinnati Bengals. Now two and one, baby. Hootay, and have a good one.